This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. love about Harvest is uh, we, we attempt to stay young. We try to, uh, even though we're getting older. I love what Psalm 139.16 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's something to ponder and think about. How God has, as even Paul was just sharing, our assignment. Every single one of us has an assignment. My role as a pastor is not just to gather people to come to look at the back of someone's head for the next 30 years and then we bury you. Amen? It's to equip you that you fulfill what's in your heart that God gave you. Not everyone's called to be a preacher. Amen? But we can exhort. You know, we can serve and we can minister. We can love on. We can care. We can help with our hands. All of those things build God's kingdom. Can you say amen? And so, you know, we have a motto here, Ephesians uh, 2.20 talks about you belong in God's house. And that's true. We all belong in God's house. But, but <clears throat> let me just say this. Church has to be more than a place to belong. It has to become a place to become. Did you get that? A place that we become something and see. So the question is, what are you becoming coming to church? Amen. And, and so there's something that God wants you to become as you grow and you hear and you step out that people watch your lives and go, you know what? I know them back then and, and you know, they were struggling. And look what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. So, you know, as, as an apostolic church, our purpose, yes, is to gather, to train and to send in order, uh, I believe, for churches to to make a difference, and I even mean this with this church, even the next 10 years in our country and the city and, 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 and throughout the globe, um, more emphasis has to be on developing leaders and planting churches. I think the greatest way to impact a community, you can have a huge evangelistic crusade, and we've been a part of them, and we still do them because they're effective getting the gospel out. But you need, after all the crusade is gone and all the speakers are gone, you need to have some place for the people to go. You know, half the world doesn't know the gospel. They've heard of it, but only two and a half, maybe three billion people. The rest of the, you know, total of seven plus billion people I remember I shared this, that there are times that we were driving in Japan, and there's the Japanese flag there. We were there two times on a mission trip. I was actually there when I was in the Marine Corps, stationed there in Japan, in Okinawa and mainland Japan. And I was talking to one missionary, and I, we were traveling on the fast high-speed train, and all of a sudden it's just, you know, you see pine trees, and then you see a vast community in a valley. And he goes, see that community? There's 60,000 people in that community, and, and, and really there's maybe one church in there, Christian church. We got our work cut out for us. And even America here in our region, uh, we need more churches. 
because that's how you reach more people. Amen. I really believe that. That's God's plan in his heart. So without me preaching, because I'm not supposed to preach today, I am supposed to introduce our guest speakers today. That's why you came out here to hear them, and I did too. So I want to welcome on the stage Jessica Witt and Holly Witt and Joey Rackstad. Let's give them a hand as they come. Now, uh, we're excited about this uh, as, as an equipping church. And one of the things we wanted to do over the last few years is hear from some of the Harvest members and, and, and hear what's going on in their heart, their stories, listen to what God is doing in and through their lives, and help them step out and define their gifts uh, uh, in ministry. And so I believe it's God that you're going to be hearing today from these three dynamic communicators on what God is showing them. Now, each of them is going to have 10 minutes, and at the end of their 10 minutes, they're going to be giving a little bell, a little bell, thank you, that their time's up. You say, why? Why are you doing that? I don't feel constrained. No. You know what? It's a lot more difficult to preach in a certain time frame than just to ramble on. Amen? And you won't get any rambling on here today, I guarantee you. <clears throat> I do that at times. <laughs> Some of you can go amen to that. So, so after that 10 minutes, then they're going to hand the mic to the next uh, speaker and not drop the mic, hand the mic, um, and uh, uh, move on. So, so here's what I want you guys to do today. Are you ready? I want you to encourage them, okay? I want you to encourage them like you would want to be encouraged. I believe one of the best ways we grow is when we sow into other people's lives, amen? So as they speak, we need to be engaged, we need to lean in, and, and we need to hear what God is saying to each of them, and, and we need to be ready to give them the big amens, isn't that right? I always ask for that, and once in a while I get it, and it's nice, but give them the big amen. So let's just practice that right now. Ready? Let's shout amen. amen. Man, I love that. Wow. With all that, no further ado, please welcome Jessica Witt. Come on, let's welcome her. All right, I get to go first. My 10 minutes is starting now. So I thought it was only appropriate today to take you quickly on a journey with me before I jump into my message around excuses because I had no intention of being up here today. Um, Pastor Mike had said that I would someday and a couple of months ago, and I thought, he's crazy. I wanted to slap him. Um, and so it's just neat. So anyway, excuses, it's my favorite E-word. My brothers are here today. They tell you I'm really good at this. Um, so I've got two kids. One's an infant. I'm trying to keep them alive. I'm trying to go through life right now, and I'm also uh, through a merger. My work, just not get fired, Jessica. Just put your head down get to work. Um, what else is going on? Uh, I sometimes don't even know what day of the week it is, and then I decided to just keep hiding the laundry. Like, that's the kind of space of, of life I'm truly in. So as I was reading through the Harvest email blast that came out around 3 by 10, I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh yeah, like she's going to speak and he's going to speak and she's going to say something and I know she's got something to say. And I get further down and I'm like, oh my gosh, my name's on there. Like my name is in black and white and I hated it. So what do I do? Like any human who doesn't like something, you can just exit the email and just like forget about it. Um, a couple minutes later, I don't even know if it was even a couple minutes later, my sister friend Danae texted me and was like, hey, 
I am so pumped to hear you speak. You've got something to share. I cannot wait for you to speak. Oh, well, I quickly reply, thanks, but no thanks. Like, this isn't for me. Like, you are so sweet, but this isn't for me. This is not where I'm, this is not my gift. So thanks, but no thanks. Not many seconds later, maybe a couple minutes later, she replies, well, if you choose not to speak, I hope it's not because of a lie the enemy has over you. Hmm. Well, I'm really good at another really good thing I can do is exit out of that text message and not reply. Um, So I didn't reply. And I think it hit me about 9 o'clock at night. Taylor and I are getting ready for bed, and I realized, crap, there's two things that hit me really hard. One, the absolute lie I was probably believing is I'm not qualified. I feel underqualified. I'm not a subject matter expert. I have no biblical background to be up here today, or, you know, not the theologian or whatever. But anyway, I'm here. Second thing, it hit me really hard, was God saying, I didn't call you to not be a child of God. I called you to be a child of God, and that's what's qualifying you today, is that you're going to stand in my... um, (laughs) Thank you. That you're just going to be okay standing in the love that you're in. You're going to be okay sharing your heart. That's all I'm asking you to do. Um, And that brought me to John 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So the Bible called it out, and I realized a couple things really quickly. I realized that I'm not really just afraid of failure. Because if I fail and I see it, I can get up. I can, like, move on. That's not the problem. It's the fear of what people think of me if I fail. And that's what decided. That's the roadblock. And that's the roadblock I chose today just not to let get in the way. Woohoo! All right. So my, so my message is really simple. So this is a message that's probably been on my heart for a couple years. It's not a message that I ever thought I was sharing. It's just a message that's been done in my heart by God. So the message is twofold. There's a journey over here to appreciate, and there's a legacy to create. So I believe this, and understand me here, church, my church, my church, that's the title of our messages here, um, is a church that's been on a journey with trials and victories and everything in between to get to where we're at today. So I want to take a moment to just appreciate that we have 19 years of harvest being built to what it is today, and we're on a solid foundation. And that solid foundation are sacrifices time that people have poured into this place. All right, so that continues to hit me. The biggest thing that I take away from that moment was, one, Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice. Like, I, it brought a new picture to me that realized he was on the cross. He did something for us 2,000 years ago. He did that today, tomorrow, and then for years to come to eternity. So first that hit me, and then I like to keep taking things down to, like, a practical level for me. So then I get deeper, and I'm thinking, well, whose sacrifice am I sitting in? So whose sacrifice, and you can ask yourself this, whose sacrifice are you sitting in? So as I was sitting there in the pew, I'm thinking, well, I've got a nice warm cup of coffee. I'm sitting in a really comfortable chair. My children were going to um, the nursery, so someone's taking care of them. I am partaking in, um, I'm partaking in women's ministries, men, and my husband's in a men's ministry. There are so many things that people have already poured in and sacrificed in. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot. So then I've had this mid-midlife reflection. So not a midlife crisis because I'm not like 50 yet. Um, I'm having like this mid-midlife. Oh, I've got five minutes. Okay. I'm having this mid-midlife reflection. So I'm thinking, I've just joined a church that I get to take part in being fed the real word. Unapologetically, I get to take part in, the, in all the life-giving and growing things that are riching me. These real things are being done by real people. So Mike and Rhonda, they're leading the charge, but everybody else, these are real things by real people who have real jobs, real careers, and the best part of all is they have their own excuses. Um, so that just empowered me to say, gee, I'm going to take a step back here. 
Um, so I'm a millennial. I'm going to keep going really quickly here. I'll, I'll talk fast. I'm a millennial. Um, I don't always associate with the stigma or the um, perceptions out there about a millennial, but a big perception in the workplace is the millennials like to just sit back. They want to sit back and be given that next promotion. They want to sit back and be given that new flashy thing. And as much as maybe some of you out there who are a millennial don't as- equate to that or don't associate with it, it's there. So then it hit me. Am I just sitting back and letting my church serve me, or am I standing up and serving my church? So, disclaimer, I do think I do think there are times and seasons when you need to just step back and you need to rest. You do have, that's where your church can rally around you. But hear me, there that should be the minority and not the majority of the time. All right, so this continues to wow me. So my husband and I have moved three times in the last five years, so I've got to be a part of a mega church. Great, I got to worship with 1,300 people, 1,300 people at the same time. That's pretty cool. I've got to be a part of a satellite church, watching your pastor on the screen. Also really cool. Then I joined Harvest. And boy, did the true equipping and empowering not only start getting preached or was preached from the pulpit, but it was happening here. And it was also empowering people to step into what God has for them. Hello, three by ten. All right, so the desire to serve and appreciate all that we have today really impacted my heart. So my last point. All right. So what's the legacy that you're helping create or whose sacrifice are you going to contribute in? So there's stuff that's built here, but it can't continue without people pouring and continue to step into their gifts. So it brought me back to scripture. First Peter 4, 10 through 11. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So, how, again, I'm taking you through my like mental um, preparation here. How am I finding places to contribute where my true talent and God-given abilities are at work? How am I practicing and working up those muscles? I think it's really cool or crucial to say that we might not be perfect at something right away, but we have to practice and we have to work up that muscle. Um, And I want to start practicing those things for my church. So I'm still working at finding my talents, um, but I won't lie to you. When I'm in a work setting, I have to do stuff like this. So it's funny, like in work, I'll get up and lead a training or I'll have to um, do some self-development with a group of 50 to 70 leaders. So if I'm okay getting up in front of people at work, how come I'm scared to death about doing it for my church? Again, that was the fear that I had to like acknowledge and let go of. All right, so stepping up and stepping out. For those of you who have desires in your heart and God-given abilities, I'll just challenge you to think on that. And if it's your desire to use that to serve God in the kingdom, I know there's a way to do so. And if you're thinking, how do you get started? Really fun way that Taylor and I got started was just joining in and jumping into Harvest 101. That was a chance for us to get to know Mike and Rhonda, to dive in a little bit deeper. Did you fill out a Connect card? Have you ever come up for prayer? Um, You name it. Maybe even stay for a potluck. Maybe talk to another mommer. Join a small group. Get plugged in, and that is where you can start. So lastly, my church's legacy. Proverbs 12, 22, I always have to think about it and then go back to the word to make sure like I'm somewhat on track because I could go all over. So Proverbs 12, 22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children, for their children's children. All right, I'm going to read that again. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. I believe that more in the church than just thinking about financial wealth and, and saving. Like that's a good thing too, but it's a firm desire to know my great grandchildren someday can have a steadfast teaching a place to worship and raise their families in a way of Jesus, and I want to be a part of contributing and building that legacy.
So, I have 40 seconds left. I have 40 seconds left and I've made it because this was 12 minutes at home. So what would we be missing if Ivan didn't contribute his skills in playing the drums, right? So what would we be missing if Maggie on her Sundays wasn't back there manning the sound booth? My other favorite is what would we be missing if the barn stubbles weren't in the nursery loving on my children on their given Sundays? I just named a very few things um, and as small as they seem, they have a huge impact on my church and my family. Okay, that was awesome. Um, first, before I get going here, is because this morning, if you, I noticed everything, single thing, but the Holy Spirit's got a flow going here. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, I have to honor Mike and Rhonda. Thank you so much for equipping the church, right, and for being faithful. Um, and first of all, my church, I just love you all. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm honored to be up here speaking. So this is the word that I got from my church. I didn't try to conjure this thing up. It just came to me. My church is being prepared to move. Okay, now let me clarify really quick that this isn't simply referring to a physical uh, moving of our location where we worship. It's actually that in which that's very significant, by the way, because that's going to set us up. That move will set us up for a greater move that God is planning, okay? Um, So as I was preparing for this, I mean, I got smashed this week. It was crazy. Not smashed. That's a bad word. I got, uh, I got, hammer doesn't work either. I got hit by a lot of stuff this week, right? And um, you know what? It's like, I didn't have the time I wanted to prepare for this. That's life. But here's what the Lord spoke to my heart as I was, you know, still listening to the word, you know, you know, meditating on him. And he said, hey, you're not just supposed to prepare a message. You're actually supposed, you're called to prepare yourself and be the message. Okay. And that's the word for all of us. We are to be living epistles known and read by all men, Right, we're to be ready in and out of season, ready to give a uh, an account of the hope within us. Always ready. Okay, so that's that being prepared portion of what I'm saying here. So we're being prepared to move. So first part, prepared. Right. Um, funny thing is, she already said it. The words we the words we say or that we speak, we're supposed to speak as though we're speaking the oracles of God or the words of God. Okay. So help us, Holy Ghost. Right. So first preparation for our church is this, and this is what God has been doing and what he's going to do. It is in relationship. Okay, we are becoming a people who are prepared by his presence, okay, in his presence. And we are being a, becoming a people who carry his presence. And as a church, we need to continue to press into his presence, seek his face, you know, corporately, but also privately, right? We need to have intimacy, and we need to seek him with our whole hearts, a uh, quick point is that we become what we behold. So if we behold him, right, we're going to become like him. And then when people see us, they see him. And that's what our heart should be. It shouldn't be, I want to impress you guys. I really don't. I want to impress him. I want to behold him and become like him so that, so that I'm a really average speaker and the gospel is really amazing. Amen. I, I, Jesus is amazing, you guys. And here's one more thing. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whose hearts are fully after him. He wants us to seek after him with everything we are, and that's what he's doing in us, and I see it already. Second part of preparation, uh, prayer and repentance, okay? I believe those two things are the beginning of a revival. As a body, we've devoted ourselves to prayer, fasting, seeking. Paul already said it, giving. 
Uh, thank you, intercessors. We need you. Uh, we need to recognize our utter dependence on him in order to step into this. I believe personal revival sparks corporate revival in a larger sense. And I believe it begins with repentance and the fear of the Lord. Okay, now I understand repentance and fear of the Lord sounds harsh, but remember it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Amen? Okay. Scripture, 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. That's willful, habitual sin, rebellion against God. Verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready. That's prepared for every good work. So that's preparation, okay? And I thank you, Mike, that you preach repentance. We need it. We need to have a life of rep- lifestyle of repentance. Uh, why does it matter? Because do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Amen. The psalmist says, holiness adorns his temple. And that's us. Okay, First John 3, 3. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And he says, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. And no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Okay, so we need to be in repentance, and that's the starting point. That's where the Lord's taking us and has been taking us in our own lives and then corporately here. So, uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, Let's see. The The third part of preparation is this. It's the preparation of truth. And we are called to be prepared in the living and abiding word of God. That uh, prepares us, and I'm going to plug for my men's study, that living and abiding men come. We need to plug in together into the word of God and be rooted and grounded in that, and it's going to transform us, right? 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be complete. That's equipped. That's prepared for what? Every good work, Okay. So these preparations that I'm talking about, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is doing this work, and it makes us become something, right? And that sets us up to do something, and it's going to require some movement, okay? So we're being prepared to move. Now, that takes me to the second part. My church is being prepared to move. Movement is indicative of life, okay? The beating heart, the vibration to create any sound that you hear, the inside of every cell that's spinning at a million miles an hour, I mean, there's movement in where there is life, okay? And I want to say this. My church is alive. My church is a a flowing river and not a dead sea, okay? Now, aren't you glad? Aren't you you glad that God decided to move on our behalf? Amen? It took some movement. It took some intentionality. God's patient, not complacent. That's truth. Um, Aren't you glad that he so loved us that he sent his son and Jesus came and he went and he passionately set his face for us. And he died for us, fulfilling the law. Okay? Um, so God made the first move. Aren't you glad Jesus isn't still lying still in that borrowed tomb, like the song said today? Come on, God raised him. He's alive. Okay, that's why we're here. And that same spirit that raised him is alive in us. It's movement. It's, a, it's life. Okay, he is our life. Okay, everybody, look alive. Stand up. Quick. Come on. Tell somebody Jesus is alive. Quick, look alive. Come on. All right. All right, sit down. I don't have enough time. Sit down. Okay, so as it's praying, Josh, this is the Israelites. Right? Joshua assumes command. The Israelites are on the far side of the Jordan River. Okay? And he says, prepare your provisions for within three days we will pass over this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Lord told him that whatever 
land that you plant your feet on, you will possess. So they had to move in to take possession, all right? They had to move. He says, consecrate yourselves, for the Lord will do wonders among you. So the Levites were to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Those are the people that carried the presence of the Lord, and they stepped down into the water, and the waters parted, right? And as they stood in the gap, the multitudes were able to cross over. Do you understand? Into the promise and the blessing of the Lord. Okay, we are those people that carry the presence of the Lord. And we need to do that for the multitudes and bring them into the Lord's presence. I'm going to keep going because I'm taking up time. Lastly, we've been called by the Master to come follow me. The disciples couldn't stay still and follow Jesus. Okay, I'm going to skip that. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Okay, we're to continue his ministry. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He gave, gave us the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile people to God. Okay, he was sent to bring good news to the poor and afflicted. He was sent to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to the bound. Okay, and from these crippled, poor, broken-hearted captives, he's transforming us into his beautiful, spotless bride. This is his mission. He's given it to us. Come on. This word right here, you see it says harvest. That's not an accident. And it's not just Mike's good idea. All right. He's raising up a generation. It's a new generation. It's a Jesus generation that's sold out, madly in love, wildly in love with their Savior. And they're ready to lay down everything. And we're coming into, I tell you, we're coming into the greatest harvest this world's ever seen. Amen? Amen? I'm telling you. All right, let me finish. We have to move. It's time to move. The fields are white. Okay, we've given the joy, been given the joyous responsibility of giving Jesus his full reward for his sacrifice. And you know what it is? It's a banquet table in heaven that's full. He desires for us to come in. So bring him in. Go out. Bring him in. All right. Brothers and sisters, we have such a tendency to look everywhere else for the move of God. But I'm telling you, he's looking right here. His eyes are here. He's waiting and watching to see if we have faith and if we are seeking him. But I'm telling you, time's running out. Uh, my time's running out. Okay? So I envision a clock in heaven, but it's concealed, it's veiled, and no one knows the time. Only the Father knows. And yet I see the heavenly hosts, the anticipation rising to a fever, feverish pitch because they're awaiting the glorious day when our King of Kings comes. I'm telling you, he's coming. We must be found ready. Church, we must be found ready. We must be found about our Father's business. Amen? And last thing is this. Jesus says, this is my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right? And he says this. This is one more thing he's saying. He says, I'm so excited to see your zeal and your passion. And I love you. Say this with me. Say, come, Lord Jesus. It's good to be last because now I'm fired up. Woo! All right. All right. There's a theme going here, and uh, mine fits in. So this is awesome. But did you notice that the baby boomers bring paper? Ah! <laughs> All right. I, I wanted to wish you a uh, happy, uh, what is it today? St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing green because I did my genealogy this year and found out I'm 3% Irish. So I thought it's time to wear green. I have always thought of myself as Swedish and Norwegian, which I am. But I got to thinking about this word DNA. My DNA, I had my DNA tested. I thought about my DNA, what's my DNA? Well, Jerry would say I'm a church lady. You know that, (laughs) remember her? (laughs) Well. I grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Methodist church. And those people became my people. 
They were my tribe. And when things happened in my life, and they did, when I was 16 years old, my house burned, almost to the ground on my sister's 13th birthday. Who came around us? The church. When my dad died, when I was 27 years old, a very unexpected, violent death, who was there for me? My church. So church has been a part of my DNA. Jerry and I got married. We raised our kids in a Lutheran church. We were there for years and years and years, and they were our people. They were our people. And then God called us out of that church into an Assembly of God church where we were before we came here. So now, you're my people. You're the people, okay? And God's DNA here, the reason we're here is because God's DNA is here. Somebody already said, Mike preaches the word without compromise. We stand on the word of God. We believe what the word says, and it's preached in this place. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We don't deny it. We say he's active. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit tells us what's going to happen when we listen. So the Holy Spirit is here. We have a salvation opportunity every week in this church. That's the DNA. We want people born again, and we want people spirit-filled. And, as somebody already said, we're being equipped. There aren't all churches that are willing to let women get up and preach. So praise God, this is a church that is equipping men and women. Thank you, God. So, I believe, and I'm telling you, we've been here three years. We never questioned where we were going to go to church. Before we moved from Morris, we knew this is where we were coming. Because of the DNA because we knew Pastor Mike and Rhonda, we knew some other people in this church, and God put us here. It's only been three years, but I have seen God move in this church. I know the Holy Spirit is here. I have felt him from the very beginning. And I believe that we're at a pivotal time. I felt like God said this year, it's Harvest 2.0. We're moving into Harvest 2.0. 20 years, now I had 20 years, Jessica. You had 19 well, maybe I did the math wrong, but I heard it's 20, right? 1999, 2000. Okay, 20 years ago is when the people, the women, I don't know who all were there. I knew some of the people that were praying in Mike and Rhonda's living room. 20 years. This church was birthed 20 years ago. I looked up the word 20. It says, crowning accomplishment. This is in my little book, my dream interpretation book. Crowning accomplishment divine completion for spiritual perfection. This is the year we break ground for a new church. That is not an accident. It's 20 years. God is going to take this church out of hiding. This church has been hiding back here in the trees. People say, where do you go to church? Church for the harvest. I've heard of it, but where is it? Okay, he's taking us out. He's moving us to a place of greater harvest. What is that? That property out there has been a field. There's been a crop grown, and there's been a harvest year after year. That is a prophetic word for this church. That is a prophetic word. We are going to see the harvest. We're going to see people come in. This place, I, I felt like God said, the next 20 years, I'm establishing this church in this community. This church is going to be known in the community. This church will have influence in this community. And I believe that's a word from God. So the timing is important. I'm going to share a little story about two weeks ago. Rhonda and I went down to Texas for a conference. And we flew from here, 
with a connecting flight to Denver. So we got on the plane, sat on the tarmac for 45 minutes while they de-iced the plane. Now we had you know, a little bit of time to get to our connecting flight, but we knew we were gonna be cutting it short. So we got to Denver, got off the plane. Sure enough, we've got like one minute. So we are running down the concourse. Like O.J. Simpson, we are running with our suitcase. And we get to the gate, and the gate agent is like, you're fine, You'll, you're gonna make it. Well, the whole place is cleared out because they're all sitting on the plane. So we get on the plane, we're like, oh, thank you, God. Monday morning, I was thinking about what happened. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you are not early, you are not late, you are right on time. Yeah. And that, too, is a word. I knew it was a word for this church. We are right on time. We're right exactly where we're supposed to be. So what, what is our part? What is our part in all this? Well, we're the church. We are it. We are church for the harvest. God has you here. He has all of us here for this time because he needs us. Okay? And, you know, people, I know I've struggled for years with, God, what did you call me to do? What am I supposed to, what's my gift? What? So frustrated. It's like God said, seek me. Okay? And when I talked about the church being uh, DNA, the church is part of the DNA. But if we don't have the DNA of Jesus Christ, we can go to church every single Sunday, and it doesn't matter, right? We have got to have the DNA of Jesus. When we're born again, and we accept Christ into our heart, he lives in us. So that's the DNA. That's his DNA. And that's what we need, people. And I just feel like this year, God is just calling us into this deeper relationship with him. How many are feeling that way? There is just a drawing, like the Holy Spirit is just drawing you in. And that is what he's calling us to do, you guys. It doesn't matter what our gift is, really. Our gift is to love the Lord with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. Right? And to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so that's what he wants. And he wants us to be strong in him and in the power of his might. Not ours. We can't do it on our own. God knows we all try. I mean, I've tried, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I can't love someone else. Well, maybe my family. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we need God's love. We need him. We need his love that comes out through us. And the only way we get that, you guys, is by spending time with him. And somebody said that, too. I mean, take that time. If you're not doing it, I just encourage you. Ten minutes, even ten minutes, just seeking his face. Talking to him like a friend. You know, what, what do we do when we develop a friendship? We spend time. My friend Stacy and I, we talk almost every day. We've, we've got a friendship. We, we talk to each other. We're in relationship. And that's, that's what it is with Jesus. It's so simple, you guys. It's not hard. We just talk to him and then we listen and hear what he's saying so we just keep our eyes on him you know and everything else will come out of that out of that relationship the love you know knowing our gifts knowing our calling knowing our place here you guys he needs us we can't Mike and Rhonda can't do everything and they're equipping us that's what they're doing here 
They're giving us opportunity to minister. And you guys can do it too. More of you are going to do this. And then there's other ways too. Just reaching out to your neighbor. Being the church for each other. When bad things happen to people, and they will, and they do. Somebody's house burns down. Somebody's dad dies. Who's there? We're here for each other. And so we are the church, you guys. And just get that in your spirit. That Jesus wants you to have an intimate but dynamic relationship with him. And that everything else is going to come. And we're going to take this church into Church 2.0. And we're all a part of it. So praise God and thank you, God. Praise God. Amen. Stay standing. We're going to conclude. Wasn't that awesome? Come on, show your love. Show your love. Thank you. And we'll have more Sundays like this. Uh, I'm elated. You know, uh, as we conclude, it's not really what you personally accomplish in life. It's what you set in motion. Did you get that? Because a lot of times we just try to focus on what we're going to do and what our mark we're going to leave. No, it's what you set in motion for God's kingdom. That's what lasts. That's what lasts. This will last. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, worship team, you can come forward. And uh, what a blessed atmosphere. We just sense your presence, oh Lord. Would we just bow your heads? Once again, harvest is about souls. It's about people coming into right relationship with God. How does that happen? Well, do you join a church and now you become a Christian? No. You receive Christ into your life. You confess him as Lord and Savior. You repent of your sins. And you invite him in. And your spirit man, your spirit woman becomes, as the scripture talks, born again, made new in your right relationship with God. God will not force any human being to do that. But he beckons every single day to draw you near. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor Mike, I've never really thought of it that way. And I've never really accepted Christ in my life. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. It's a very costly prayer. It's a free prayer for you. But it costs the Son of God his life on the cross. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want eternal life. I want Jesus. I want to step into my destiny and fulfill what God has for me and for my church. That's you. Let's take a moment and pray corporately. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.